Hello, welcome to the Healthy Alternatives podcast. I am Dr. Christine Sauer with DocChristine.com. Today's show is a recording of my radio show of the same name. Enjoy! Good, good afternoon, this is Dr. Christine Sauer, your host of the show Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 CIOEFM with live stream on communityradio.ca every Thursday at 12 noon Atlantic Standard Time. Thanks for tuning in today. In this show, I will talk mostly with guests about all aspects of health, healthcare and wellness, from conventional to alternative and everything in between. My mission for this radio show is to help change people's lives for the better by informing them about different options to get and stay healthy and well so they can choose for themselves which option might work in their case. And if you feel you are stuck in a dark place, I want to tell you, don't give up. There is a light at the end of the tunnel for you too. So today I am extremely pleased to be with Dr. Josh Friedman. Welcome, Josh. Thank you. Now, I'm thrilled to be here. I'm thrilled to have you on because we are doing a lot alike and you are a very unusual uh, psychologist. Now, you have more than 25 years experience in the mental health field as a client, psychologist and a functional nutrition practitioner. So that is a very unusual combination. Tell me a little bit how you got into doing what you do do it's an it's sort of a long interesting story i'll sort of encapsulate it so i was i was traditionally trained in new york i studied a lot of what's called depth psychology or psychoanalysis where you basically just are talking to people Mm -hmm. and through my entire training i don't think i ever heard one person mention um food how food affects the mind how food affects mood so I was seven years of graduate school, two years of postdoctoral training, and no one ever mentioned the effect of food on mood. Mm-hmm. So, and of course, it wasn't something at that point I was even thinking about. I was thinking about people's relationship with their mothers. I was thinking about trauma. I, I was trained in the early nine, early mid nineties when trauma, when the idea that psychological trauma was affecting people's mental health situations. Mm. Um, And then so I went on my business. I took a job at a city hospital in New York. And then I went and took a job at an eating disorder center in uh, Manhattan, sort of quite Mm. famous one. And we were working with um, anorexic, bulimic, and compulsive overeating, mostly women, but some men sometimes. Mm -hmm. And at the time, my wife was starting to get into alternative medicine. She wasn't a practitioner, but went to see um, someone at the time, a chiropractor that was called a biochemical nutritionist, mm-hmm. that did a series of lab lab tests and um, prescribed supplements and lifestyle changes. And so she was also a writer, and I went to meet him once, and he sort of offhandedly said to me, do you know why your anorexic patients aren't getting better? And I sort of didn't have an answer. I said trauma or their relationship with their parents or control issues. And he said, no, that may be part of it, but at its core, anorexics don't need enough protein. 
If they don't eat enough protein, they don't have enough tryptophan. I mean, they don't have enough tryptophan and therefore not enough serotonin. And so for me, when I heard that, it was like huge. Yeah. And I, I got really excited. And he told me to read a, there's a book. He said, if you want to learn about this, there's a very simple, practical book on the use of nutrition and basic functional testing for mental health issues. It was called The Mood Cure yeah. by Julia Ross. Mm-hmm. And this was, it was the most amazing book I'd read. So I'd, I'd been studying for seven or eight years at this point. I'd read thousands of books. And this book described very concisely this idea that there's a subset of people who have, there's true moods, which are real feelings. And then there are false moods, moods which are negative feelings based on low levels of neurotransmitters, toxicities, adrenal issues, all kinds of things. Right, and, and we so don't sh- feel the difference. It feels the same to us. No, it, 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 experientially, it's completely yeah. the same. Mm-hmm. But so all of a sudden, I started to listen very differently to people. Good. And so I very quickly contacted Julia Ross and started doing some consultations with her. I went to do... She did, at the time, it was probably um, about the year 2000, she was doing trainings for mental health professionals on the use of targeted protein supplements called amino acids. Mm -hmm. And amino acids like tryptophan, tyrosine, are the building blocks of the neurotransmitters that are the, the brain chemicals of mood. And so very quickly, and so I, in this weekend workshop, I learned about what a mental health, a pro-mental health diet was. And it was pretty much, that was a long time ago, it was before people were talking about the paleo diet, mm-hmm. but it was pretty much the paleo diet. It was real food, organically sourced. It was, it was meat and, veg- and as many vegetables as you wanted, good quality fats, low in sugar, low in processed foods, and what you would call frankenfoods. Yeah. And then I learned about the targeted use of assessing people for neurotransmitter deficiency symptoms. So serotonin deficiency, tyrosine deficiency, GABA deficiency. Mm-hmm. And then began to give recommendations, not prescriptions, because I wasn't a mental, I wasn't oh. a yeah, medical yeah. provider, yeah, yeah. but to educate people about the use of specific supplementation for mood issues. Mm-hmm. So issues like so a little bit what Professor Walsh also uh, put out in his book, Nutrient therapy of uh, mental illness so it's similar but mm. different so yeah. i got to walsh about 15 years later cool so julia ross's work is focusing on what happens if you give targeted nutrients yeah so if you give amino acids mm-hmm. with the vitamin and mineral cofactors b6 zinc sometimes folic acid sometimes mm-hmm. b12 sometimes magnesium to make more neurotransmitters So Dr. Walsh's work, Dr. Bill Walsh, a biochemist out Mm -hmm. of Chicago, his work is largely focused on um, how do you understand what biotype someone is? So if someone is depressed, he he did thousands of labs, lab tests, and he said their their depression is actually five separate disorders at Mm -hmm. least. So the five disorders or some of the disorders, and he would say 80% of depressed people have one or more of these issues, underlying biochemical issues. One is methylation, right. how well they're able to build neurotransmitters, how well they're able to detox. Two 
would be the the ratio of copper to zinc. Mm-hmm. How much do they have too much copper and not enough zinc? Three would be um, pyroluria, which is a genetic condition mm-hmm. that when uh, hemoglobin is made, that B6 and zinc are, are made significantly lower. And remember, B6 and zinc are cofactors essential for making the neurotransmitters. So without B6 and zinc, you're going to get depression. You're going to get anxiety. Absolutely. You're going to get, you, you might get anger. You might get fluctuating mood symptoms. Um, so I came to his work way later. So mm-hmm. I ended up staying with Dr. Walsh maybe like three or four years ago. Um, but I found these very, very simple changes, helping people get off of sugar, mm-hmm. helping people stabilize their blood sugar, helping people um, raise levels of whatever neurotransmitter they were deficient in, mm-hmm. giving people a blood sugar stabilizing multivitamin, helping them transition to a real foods diet, that it made therapy so much easier. It makes such a difference, and I'm glad that you're saying that it is really huge. People don't realize how important it is. And you said in your intro when we talked before, you said yet you realize that often medication and psychotherapy just don't do the job. They don't get completely well. That's right. And it, and and that leads you every day to to change their diets and recommend supplements. And I'm doing the same thing and seeing the same results. And yes, health is a team effort, and I agree with you completely. They need it all. And many think, oh, I just pop a pill and I'll be healthy. It doesn't work for most diseases anymore. Yeah, I think diseases are so much more complex now. Mm. Especially the chronic illnesses. I mean, yes, when you break your arm, you go to the emergency room, get it fixed, fine. But if you have something chronic or mental health issues, there's often so much going on. And I'm glad the more the more people do what we do, the, the better it is. That's right. And the thing that was amazing to me was um, that taking these very simple steps. So I wasn't a trained, I was not, a, I'm not a physician like mm-hmm. you are. Yeah. And the question was like, you know, of course, I didn't want to overstep my boundaries, either as a therapist um, or as someone who's out there practicing without sufficient knowledge base. Um, and so a lot of the things I've, I've focused on and I've, grown, I've gone deeper over time, mm-hmm. like I've taken on different pieces of the puzzle, because I think, as lots of people would say, um, the brain is the most sensitive organ of the body. So likely it's going to be affected by many, many different kinds of bodily imbalances. So food sensitivities, you know, mold toxicities, Mm -hmm. um, bacterial yeast infections. I mean, there's there's so many things. And the shame that the thing that I see is that mental health as a field is so unaware of the many possible root causes of symptoms. That's so true. So. And so, and a lot of what I do is is try to learn more and more and more, like we all are trying to do. Right. Because it's very, it can be very complicated. It's And in my experience, sometimes it can be quite simple. So I I just had um, a man come to me yesterday, who who I'd been seeing a very long time. He um, has had sort of chronic anxiety since childhood. He's in his late twenties, and finally after. Maybe three or four years, he said, okay, I'm going to do the diet you're Mm -hmm. suggesting. 
which is a just a basic elimination diet. Right. Um, it's called this one. This one's called Whole Thirty, mm-hmm. but it's a basic paleo elimination diet that takes out foods that yeah, are mainly thought dairy, to be allergenic gluten. and mm-hmm. inflammatory. Yes. So he did it the way you're supposed to. He got clean for oh, he got took out all these foods for a month, mm-hmm. and then introduced them systematically back one at a time. And so he introduced beans. He had no reaction. He introduced gluten-free grains. No reaction. He introduced dairy, and he had a terribly upset some stomach. Mm-hmm. He intru- and then he was like, hmm, that's interesting. Then he went back to Whole30 to get clean again. Mm-hmm. He introduces uh, gluten, and he has pain that he hasn't had in the, mo- the whole month he had started this diet, and he hadn't even realized it. Joints were hurting. Muscles were hurting. Yeah. His anxiety goes from a two to a seven. Wow. Ten being like really extreme. So I, I, um, I think we'll, we'll just uh, interrupt there. I hate to do that to you, but we have to go to the commercial break. And I would love to hear more about how people change with simple diet changes, how their mood changes when we come back after the commercial break. So tune in after the commercial break with more about mood and nutrition with Dr. Josh Friedman. Hello and welcome back to Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 CIOE FM or on the web at communityradio.ca. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer, and today I'm talking with Dr. Josh Friedman, psychologist and a functional nutrition practitioner. In the first half, we were talking about what His story is why as a psychologist he wasn't satisfied with just talking to people and how really small changes in nutrition can massively affect mental health. Thank you for being back. Josh, it's it's a pleasure having you on. Thank you again. And let's talk a little bit more about, I had to cut you off a little bit, uh, about clients that change their nutrition and discover that a food allergy or toxins or inflammation is at the basis of their symptoms? It's, it's not every person, of, mm. course. No, of course. So there's, there's so many root causes. So I call them, I usually refer to the root causes as the general suspects. <laughs> and so nice. our job is, since we, Dr. Walsh says, you can't test for anything. So you need to think algorithmically. You need Mm -hmm. to think about what the most likely suspects are. And you want to intervene in the cheapest cheapest place that's that's most likely to have the greatest benefit. Right. So the thing we do every day, uh, the thing that we we do multiple times a day is eat. And so foods can be, nutritious foods can be inflammatory for us. So if you have auto, any sort of autoimmune condition, things like potatoes and tomatoes, nightshades, 
eggplants can cause a lot of inflammation. Yeah, that can really if, be if any food theoretically, it, but it, the most common culprits, as you say, is dairy, dairy gluten-containing gluten-containing grains, and of course, eggs are often there. Yeast is often there, and Correct. and and as you said, the nitrates are often there. So you have to really do a good assessment, and I'm sure you do that. Yeah. Mm. And one of the things, we do a good assessment. I mean, sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. So sometimes we're going to do elaborate food allergy testing mm -hmm. if someone has resources right. and they're interested, they're interested. But what I usually tell people is the cheapest and most, um, and most reliable source of food allergy testing is take a food out for a certain, for two, three, four, five weeks, and then introduce it three times on one day and go clean, meaning take the food out for another two days or three days, and just watch what happens. Watch what happens when you remove it. Watch what happens when you reintroduce it. Yeah, so and that example, is a good, that's a good way to do it if somebody and it's has very, it's not very, very many, many allergies. It takes longer. And, and I disagree with that a little bit because it takes yeah. longer. And when you have people with complex allergies, they often don't take the offending food out that they really need to take out. But you, you need to test in any way. A food allergy test has false positives, false negatives. That's right. Some mm -hmm. practitioners are not aware of that, and that's a shame. Yeah. But the, the elimination diet, I think, can be shortened uh, very much if you do a food allergy test. But you're right. There has yeah, to no, be that's right. It can be, it can be very expedited. Mm -hmm. And if people are prone to getting disappointed mm -hmm. quickly, as many people who, are, who have mental health symptoms, they've been through a lot. Mm -hmm. They've been through lots of treatments. And they, and, or, and or they may not have the energy, the, the fortitude to sort of go through the process of removing a lot of foods for a period of time. Yeah, that that is hard to do. It really is hard. And it's, to do. It is. I mean, I've done it many times, mm -hmm. and it it can be really hard to do. Oh yes, especially if you have to give up your favorite foods for some time, which it right. usually is. <laughs> and the and and the favorite foods are often the ones that are the ones we have allergies to, right? That's right. And you yeah. know, like I know that uh, there's gluteomorphine and there's uh, caseomorphine that That's makes right. the people mm -hmm. feel good and go high on, on milk and, and gluten-containing grains. And the sugar, of course, is like like heroin for the brain. So, <laughs> um, my, my, This Julia Ross always says, what are the four addictive white powders <laughs> I like that. that that were formerly innocuous substances? So she, mm -hmm. she does, she says, Poppies turn into heroin. There's there's coca turning into cocaine, and then she pauses, and she said there's and then there's flour, and then there's sugar. Yeah, and <laughs> the four there's a milk too. Milk is milk and, and milk. Milk and cheese yeah, no, can be just milk. as addictive. That's a fifth. Yeah, that's that's exactly not a white powder, right. but I like the white powders. It's so true. Yeah, and and it's sad because the old time whole wheat grain wasn't as allergenic. I think the toxins that we are exposed to make us prone to it. And then, the, mm -hmm. of course, the gluten has been very high, high concentration now in the flour, and the refinement is crazy. And then the GMOs and the Roundup. Right. And, exactly. I mean, it is kind of a toxic soup. Mm -hmm. and um, it's, so yeah, one thing I'd like yes, to say that we, you and I just spoke about on the break mm -hmm. it is about the fact that 
many people go through mental, the mental health system. And I've seen this a million times as a therapist. Mm. People um, go to their, if you go to your doctor, you have a short appointment, you tell them you're anxious or depressed, you're prescribed medicine. If that works, great. If it doesn't work, you're usually prescribed another medicine. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't work, then you're then you're sent to a psychiatrist. Psychiatry, you know, usually puts on mm-hmm. a few more medicines. And in my experience, once you've been on three or four medicines, the likelihood of finding a medicine that's going to work is um, is pretty unlikely. And many of those people that go through that process never get referred to a psychotherapist, sure. either because th- their insurance or because psychotherapy by certain psychiatrists isn't that valued. Um, And so people get to the end of the line where they're told, this is the best we can do for you. And then they're given like very extreme radical treatments like uh, electroconvulsive therapy, ECT, Mm -hmm. um, or TMS, which is is not as radical, but, Mm. you know, it's kind of a pretty basic treatment. Or now the ketamine infusions, short-term solutions. My big thing is about informed consent. Mm. It's about educating people about what their options are. And so there, there's so much research out there. Like if you dig into the literature, none of the, the, none of the work on nutraceuticals or, or food changes isn't based on the literature. It's all in the academic literature, mm-hmm. the role of toxins, the role of bacterial or, or viral infections. It's all there. And there's so much more that people can do. And, and the thing is, how do you find knowledgeable practitioners? It's hard. It's by because everywhere. Because going to your normal doctor, like if someone is listening now and they give this to their doctor, the doctor's going to say, that's, that's bogus. That's mm-hmm. not real. Right. And the truth is there, there are hundreds and thousands of well-trained practitioners, some medical, some life coaches, that are getting trained up in in, nutri- in nutri- nutritional mental health yeah. approaches. And so, some are naturopaths and some are there's, yeah, there's different, naturopaths there's different for practitioners. Sure. Nutritionists. And, uh, and I always say, uh, ask your practitioner what his background is, where, what, what, what he learned, what, what, his, what his beliefs are, what his values are, and, and, and what he believes. And if he believes the only thing that helps you is a pill, maybe you should get a second opinion. <laughs> That's right. And in my experience, so I'm not anti-psychiatry. No, no, I'm not either. But And I think there's a certain percentage of people that go through the traditional system. They get what they need, and they're back on their merry way. Yes. Um, and I, I actually have no problem with that. I think there, there are acute dangers for psychiatric medicines for a very small percentage of people. And then long term, if there are more natural approaches that people can find, I, I, I encourage that. But I'm not anti-psychiatry. The thing that, that gets under my craw the most are the people that, told, that are told that there are no other options. Yeah, I hear you. And so you should give people I just want to give people a few places that they can go and, and their databases. Yeah. Um, but we are very much for, to the for end. For providers. Josh, I would and, recommend just give them your website. I know there's all tons of information. You have a great okay. Facebook group. And I would love you to share that before we have to go to the end so people can connect with you. That would be great. Yeah. And I'm good with email and answering questions. Mm -hmm. And really, I'm in this. um, I'm mostly a psychotherapist, and I have a side business 
um, and I do some nutrition um, and some kind of functional work within my psychotherapy practice, but because I'm not licensed as a medical provider, I have another practice where I do phone consultations sure. um, and I do um, education um, and I do more nutritional psychiatry focused things. Um, and that business is called Mood Healing, M-O-O-D-H-E-A-L-I-N-G.com. And I have lots of blogs on some of the root underlying issues connected to mental health. It's an excellent resource. You can learn resource. about me and yeah. there's a way of contacting me with any questions you might have. And absolutely, I recommend that you contact Josh. He is very knowledgeable and uh, just a, a great guy. And uh, as as you said, you're not licensed to practice, neither am I. I'm working as a health coach. So we, mm-hmm. we, we educate people and point them in the direction and give them the hope that there's more out there than just medication and psychotherapy. And it's always a team approach. Thank you so much for being on the show, Josh. It was a pleasure. And this, I had a really good time, Christine. Thank you so much. Me too. And this brings me to the end of today's show. Please don't hesitate to contact me with any questions, thoughts, comments, or suggestions. Or if you'd like to contact Josh and uh, forgot his uh, website, my email here is christine at communityradio.ca. Or you can contact me through my website, docchristine.com, and I'm always grateful for feedback. I also want to extend a special thank you to today's producer, Ron Goyash. Thank you so much. Thank you all for listening to Healthy Alternatives. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer. Tune in next Thursday at noon on 97.5 CIOEFM Community Radio with live stream on communityradio.ca for the next episode. Goodbye and have a great day.